Welcome to Cue the Apology, a parent's guide to faith at home. My name is Nate. And I'm Gavin. And you might make mistakes as a parent, but you are the expert on your kids. We're not really experts on anything, but we've read some books. We sure have. Did you read a book this week? This week I actually didn't. I just brought a friend in. That's kind of like bringing a book. I brought, we brought a book this week. His name is Adam Fry. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, yeah. welcome, Adam. Hey, man. Thanks to be here. It's, yeah. uh, this is fun. It's my little setup we got going on. Yeah, it's always yep. cool to hear your voice and your own microphone. Like, it sounds cool. I was, someone always told me I had a radio voice, and I don't know if that's true or not, but... Well, now we're finding can, out. Can you we're just like say out. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, now oh, we're going yeah, yeah, to watch some monster trucks now. <laughs> Good morning. No, I just peeked out there yeah. for you guys. <laughs> no, <My you're> done. <laughs> All right. So what are we doing with Adam there? Yeah. So we have a few questions for Adam. If you remember our episode with Carol, we just asked her some questions, found out how she goes about family discipleship in the home. And so we want to extend that conversation to you, mm-hmm. Adam, and just see some of the nuances and what happens in your home. Because yeah, I mean, worship. Gavin has no kids. I don't. I need to learn. <laughs> Just watching. Yeah. And I have, and I've, I have no idea what I'm doing yet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're all still learning. You know, I, I find that I'm still asking a lot of questions and my boys are, I have twin boys that are 14. They turned 15 in August. Mm-hmm. And I remember even... We're constantly looking for families who have older kids, and I look at for the relationships that parents have with their older kids, and and then if I see a good relationship, I glean into that family as much as I yeah. can, <laughs> to try to learn like what did you do? You know, my biggest prayer as a dad is I don't send my kids to too much counseling growing up. You know, they don't need too much therapy from my bad parenting. <laughs> It's like if kids use your inheritance stocks and yeah. in counseling. It's like, you know, the goal of every good parent is like, no, don't destroy your kids so much, you know, but it's <laughs> a good uh, start. But yeah, it's, you know, cause at the end of the day, like you guys already just said it, you know, we're all just, we're kind of learning as you go in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Right. And so, and because I have twin boys, they're both the same age and we don't have any kids underneath. Like we're kind of learning as we go with them, there's not like we can do a redo. Yeah, there's not a better. It's not like, okay, well, we screwed that one up with the oldest and now with the youngest, we can kind of we figure can try that again. Out. There's no do-over. You know, there's, there's no do-over. The so we kind of have what we got and, and, you know, God help us, you know, but we do our best. We That's do our awesome. Best. Well, we're going to start off with even before these boys ever stepped foot on planet earth okay. and start with your personal discipleship growing up so mm-hmm. what was your experience with family worship and discipleship growing up with your parents what did they instill what did they teach yeah do, do you remember yeah i remember pieces <laughs> it's funny how you, there's so much of my childhood i don't forget or you kind of remember highlights but yeah. you know we grew up i in would a, go the other way where it's like i just don't remember my I just, childhood <laughs> I, just, I just chose to forget yeah. um you know i grew up in a christian home i grew up in a family that loved jesus and we went to church faithfully every Sunday. It was telling actually somebody the other day that we were the type of family that even on holidays, I remember going to Jamaica when we were like nine or 10 as yeah. a family. And we, that was Gavin and I, and then my parents, the other day. Oh, that was you guys. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. I tell these stories, uh, you know, and we still went to church on Sunday. My parents found some church, wow. you know, in, wow. on, when we were in Jamaica and it was amazing. It was unbelievable experience, but yeah. we were that family, you know, Sunday is church, no matter where we are in the world, <laughs> we're finding a church. And so uh, you know, that's kind of grew up with, but you know what? I don't, I re- we were discipleship and I family kind of looked, it looked like it was twofold. I think one, it was the commitment to go to church. That was the first one. And, yeah. and commitment, it was like Sunday morning, Sunday night, and we would go midweek. There was like usually some kind of kids program or youth event. Uh, we were always committed to go into that. So my parents made mm-hmm. a commitment to each other that, you know, we're going to be committed to the local church. We're involved. And, and that commitment as we grew wasn't just attending. It started as attending as we were kids, but yeah. then grew into involvement, right? So okay. 
uh, I remember being in youth group playing in a worship band and, and when I got old enough to play in Sunday morning church and um, that was back in the day when we had brass, so I'd play saxophone on oh, Sunday morning. Yeah. Oh Man, yeah, and that's way cooler than the bells I played. I was in the bell <laughs> choir. We played. I we played the bells too growing up, man. My With family, little white wow. gloves and everything. My whole family did. We oh, it was. Man. We kind of called it like any little bit of cool you were build you built up throughout the year was destroyed with one swing of a bell. Oh seriously, because <laughs> you, know? you got to like flick the wrist, flick and... the wrist, and wear the white gloves. Yeah, our family played. We were the family, the Fry family bell clan, or whatever we called oh, ourselves. Man. But it was yeah. Anyway, that's Your name. That's, that's part depressing. of the childhood that you used to forget, but. <laughs> um, but so it was the commitment to go to church on Sunday and commitment to go. But then I do remember, you know, my mom, my mom was a music pastor in different churches. Mm. And so she was involved in ministry uh, at a certain level. And my dad was just, you know, he, he, they had both had deep rooted faiths on their own through their own family yeah. heritage. And, and I just remember we had, we had family prayer and devotions. We had, I remember mm. reading the Bible around the kitchen table and doing devotions and we prayed together before we went to school and, just and, and you know there were seasons I'm sure that we didn't do that. Yeah. But I never I definitely remember that that was a, an emphasis in our home. That there were seasons where we were we would discuss the Bible, we would discuss Scripture, a thought of the day, hmm. um, discuss spiritual things, and you know obviously. And I saw in my parents how they modeled that Jesus was the center of every decision they made. It was, you know, that's great. Yeah. So that's so though there was the commitment of going to church, which is a huge part of it, right? Yeah. And, and the, the spiritual formation of not only from your family but for your family's commitment to to grow together, but also. Just the the nuances of being in a spiritual home that, as much as they were able to, and now as a dad, I realize that it's not always the easiest thing to do, but yeah. to prioritize. No, some like that's kind the of, whole reason behind our, our podcast and everything we've been reading is what you just said. Your parents exemplified. Yeah, was that there yeah. is a habit, a routine of we're going to talk about the things of faith. We won't yeah. shy away from them. There is a level of commitment, and we're going to as parents model it first so that that is your memory. That's something that you come back to. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, we've been trying to do that and I don't, I'm sure that's going to get to a certain part of a conversation, but it's hard, you know, like cause life gets busy and you, and if you get into involvement in extracurriculars, like we try to do it around the dinner table, but you know what some families like dinner is sort of like a grab a bun and go, or, you know, it's, yeah, it's grab it yeah. on the run because we yeah. don't have time for sitting around as a family as much as you value that. And so kind of the, the, the traditions or the nuances that are built around that family dinner conversation time, which is really the, the really only time in our home that we're all together in the same room, you know, yeah. or, my wife's working, our kids are doing school or they're in their bedrooms playing video games. And so the time that we kind of get together around the table as a family is really dinner time, right? Yeah, that's yeah. sort of the hub, right? That's yeah. the, the collecting point. And so that's where we try to create those kind of conversations as much. Which as again can. is also unique so, yeah. with yeah. all the things you just spoke about of like you grab a bun and go. That is for so many families, that is their evening. Like breakfast might actually be the time you can get together, right. but everybody's yeah. super cranky and no one wants to talk. <laughs> but like dinner is like, I'll see you tomorrow kind of thing. Cause yeah. I got to take Sally to hockey and Jimmy to dance or whatever. Yeah, and totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and you know, that was it. And so I do think, you know, growing up again, I think I, and I'm, you know, it's funny. You don't really remember that every day, you know, I don't yeah. remember nuances of every day, but I do remember as I, as I look back and I'm in 44 or 40, how old am I? 42, 42. Good question. <laughs> how old Good am to I? Know. I'm 42. Older than us. So I, look, we know. I can look back, you know, and you kind of forget a lot of things, but I do remember this, this push. And my mom was really the driver for it in a lot of ways. My dad was great. My dad was mm. st solid faith, but my mom was the one who really kind of drove those spiritual conversations in our home and, uh, and to really try to emphasize how, that. How did that fit in your home? Was it more your mom driving it or your dad driving Gavin? It was my mom because my mom came to faith before my dad. Same. Yeah. For me, it, so. it was my mom that was the driver. Like my, 
my family was united on it, like my parents, yeah. but my mom really felt like the the driver. That's yeah. That's interesting because that seems to be like a common thing these days where the wife is takes their faith or not they take their faith more seriously necessarily, but they do establish that with the kids. Probably that they mater- take on the ownership of spiritual upbringing, I guess is yeah. a good way to put it. I think it's sure. also connected to to uh the way they nurture, you know, yeah, exactly. the, the mother's heart is a very nurturing heart. And yeah. I see that the body is a spiritual being. There's a nurturing element to that too. But interestingly enough, when you read older books of family discipleship and everything, it's all solely based on the father and they have memories of what their father did. Yeah. And the mother mm-hmm. was there listening. And to see that role reversal, mm-hmm. that's now a lot more fathers are listening to the, the mother's leadership yeah. in spiritual matters. See, my dad was a little bit, my dad wasn't necessarily as vocal. My mom went to Bible college yeah. You know, and so I think my mom maybe felt like she had more the better word the words to say. She yeah. she was able to articulate her feelings, sure. and she still is very strong in articulating her feelings and her her ideas. My dad was something different though, because my dad is my dad. I love my dad. He's so faithful. Um, but my dad, I remember Sunday after Sunday, he would bring home the elderly if there was a, mm. an, a widow uh, or, or or someone alone. My dad showed modeled discipleship through his actions. He wow. didn't say a lot. He said my dad was a jokester. He's very kind. People love him. Um, but when it came to the spiritual side of things, he just modeled it. Like hmm. we always had, my parent, my mom, we, we grew in a house where roast beef dinner was Sunday morning. You know, every Sunday was roast beef dinner. It was in the oven. Sunday morning? <laughs> Not Sunday morning. Sure it's well, roast beef dinner. well, Sunday morning prep, come home, and Sunday was ready. You know, <laughs> yeah, Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. roast beef dinner. Fun. And there's always enough for someone else. And I remember we always have somebody. And my dad was the one who would always do that. Hmm drive someone home and uh, connect them to yeah. our family. And, and I remember seeing that my dad, just the, the way he loved people and he yeah. just loved, especially the elderly. He just, I don't mm. know, he just had a, a soft spot and he, we we're all, we always had people around our table, you know, who are, who are widowed and, um, that's or, awesome. And uh, that was my dad's. What's kind of, kind of incredible with that is we as kids, we, we we see what our parents do. We idolize it. And we're like, I want, sometimes we're like, I want to be that. I want to do that. But we don't know the cost so I'm just thinking of the story of you saying like there was always roast beef. I'm like, as a parent now, I'm like, how much money do you guys have that you can just have roast beef every week? And then for your dad to bring home a widow, like the yeah. cost of gas, the cost of time to drive around to like have someone in your home where you're like, I just want time to decompress. Like yeah. it, the cost of discipleship is, is the best yeah. way to put it. But Absolutely. that's just incredible to hear yeah. that it was modeled. Totally. For you. And you know, as a kid, you don't even think about that stuff, right? Oh, you, not at you all. Just, like, you're like, roast beef again? Come on, you know? <laughs> Come on. Try something new. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I'm just thinking of mashed potato volcanoes with gravy. Oh, yeah. That's all oh, I yeah. It was every Sunday. It was just a thing. And my mom just had a rhythm of it. And it was great. And we, I mean, I have, I'm one of four kids, right? So there's already six of us around the table. So one more, one more mouth at that point yeah, wasn't really much yeah, of a difference, yeah. right? So yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That's really great. That's honestly, that's what we've been talking a lot about is how important modeling is mm-hmm. and exemplifying rather than just this like helicopter parent or this lawnmower parent Ooh. who carves out every way the child should what was go. the third one? <sighs> You're so close. Lawnmower, helicopter, and... Sleeping in the shower. Oh yeah. Oh, Sleep. I should have known that one. You'll have uh, to watch the I'll podcast to, to to for podcast. context. <laughs> listen, we, we don't watch podcasts. We listen. To <laughs> if you're watching this podcast, yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. Right <laughs> what are you watching? Yeah, yeah. We, where's the camera? <laughs> but yeah, so there's that emphasis on exemplifying. So I really, that was really interesting to hear how how well they did at that. Yeah. Did right. you just turn me down? Was I really loud? Sorry. Don't don't tell them when I'm, I'm doing sorry. tech things. I'm just. <laughs> 
I'm peaking all the time. The, the magic I, of radio. Just let it be. <laughs> but a second question is, is why do you want to teach faith in your home? So what kind of inspires you to teach your kids faith? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, I think the bottom line of that is if we believe the message and we believe the hope that we've held on to, then why wouldn't we want to teach that to our children? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the, the crux of it is if I believe in the gospel, the hope that Jesus died for my sins to give me hope in a future, then yeah, I want my kids to, I want my kids to know that. And, Absolutely. um, you know, and so you want as best as we're able to in our flawed ways of trying to figure it all out, <laughs> you know, we want to model that to our to our kids as much as we can. And and yet church feels different, culture feels different, you know, even trust feels different. I met we I remember we bring home my mom and dad would bring home people that they just met on the on Sunday, <laughs> you know, but people aren't that trusting anymore, you know, they're yeah, not willing hard. to take that type of risk anymore. So it's yeah. not that we have to do the same things my parents did, but mm-hmm. we you know, I want to be able to model that in, in the big decisions we make, you know, this, this is the first time, even in the conversation for those who are familiar with, you know, we're moving off to Concordia, mm-hmm. uh, and accepted a new position of lead pastors at a church there. And this is the first time that we've invited our boys into the conversation, hmm. uh, when they're at an age now where they can understand where the, that move actually impacts them, yeah. uh, as going into grade 10. And, uh, and so, wanted to invite them into not that they had the final say but they definitely had an input yeah you know and we were able to uh communicate to them what we feel we feel god is speaking to us and make it not just a physical decision based on a job and a move but actually a spiritual conversation that feels we feel god is leading us uh Mm -hmm. and what does that look like and if god is leading us then god has got a place for you and god's got a future for you that's also built on the other side of that that act of faith and and so the that was you know so we if we if we believe that true if we open the scripture and as an individual believe that hey what we're reading is true and there's hope in this and there's a future in this and there's there's good teaching in this that's going to help us to live a better righteous life um then why wouldn't we want to teach want our children that but either teach other people that too right and so i think that's sort of the the emphasis of it and you know i if we're if i was gonna be honest i feel like i feel i fail at it more than i succeed Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but i I bet you if i were to ask my parents that they probably would see the same thing too you know i I think as parents we all feel we can always do a better job that's a healthy perspective you know Like, like too often we idolize those that came before us and we're like oh, I'm a failure. I, I don't feel like I'm doing this well enough. Yet, if we could go back and ask them at their stage in life, they'd be like, I'm a failure. I'm mm-hmm. not doing enough. I know John Maxwell, I just I just listened to a podcast with John Maxwell the other day. And he said, you know, somebody wanted, somebody came up to him and says, I want to do what you do. He's, you know, and he's, a, he's, if you don't know who John Maxwell is, he's, you know, a leader of leaders. He's a leadership guru, leadership principles. But he says, don't do what I, don't ask, don't do what I do. Do what I did. You know, and there's this element of like, That's good. in order to do what I do, you have to do what I did. You know, you have to learn the things, the hard lessons and the mm-hmm. hardships that I had to go through before I can, I reach this sort of platform of my life. Right. Yeah. And I think as parents, you know, there's a lot of things that we see what they, they, you know, what they do and the, the, the fruit of their investment, but we yeah. don't realize the hardship that they paid to be, to get there. Yeah. Right? The cost of the cost of the cost of it. And discipleship you know, now discipleship now so but yeah <laughs> and good. so we're, we're figuring it out now yeah so we're figuring it out and trying to model it as best yeah. as we can in our home and uh as <laughs> as hard as that is it's in especially in seasons like this where we're you know life yeah. is just full of so many uncertainties and curveballs we're trying to yeah be faithful in it but that's really good and that's a that's something profound that you said where we're following the example of the people before us but 
a lot of the times we actually have to fail to get there to learn those lessons. And yeah. in a big way, that is also in relation to our kids, right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to have to walk through some of the same mistakes we did. So we can't always shield them from that, prevent them from oh, going sure. through it. But sometimes they're going to have to go through those things. But yeah, not only just learn from my failure, but learn through my failure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Feel, I tell my kids, fail forward. Yeah. That's the principle mm-hmm. I tell them. I said, you're going to fail. Failure is inevitable, but you can fail backwards and not learn from it. And, and it's just be a, a, you know, a crummy season of life, or yeah. you can fail forward. And at least you're moving forward in the failure, you know, you're learning from it. And it's just, it's just a posture of how can I learn from this? And failure is inevitable. We can't, you can't protect your kids from failure. Yeah, you can't yeah, protect your children from hardship, but you can teach them how to learn through it. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. I think, um, I think that's the, that's our job as parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that. The foundation of why you teach faith really comes from your belief and that God has said what he said and he's done what he's done, right? And so yeah. you you teach that because of the impact God has had on your life. That's Absolutely. That's good. We either believe it or we don't believe it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's, and that's it's all connected like that. It's either, yeah. you know, if you believe it to be true, then you're going to teach you're going to teach yeah. your people and your kids that it's true, you know? Yeah. And whether they choose to, to hold on to that as truth, it at, at some point becomes their own decision. Yeah. But you have to you have to lead it from that sense of authority and conviction and just kind of authenticity of like this is the yeah. this is where I'm, I'm at. Yeah. You know? Which is a good reminder to check your heart, check mm-hmm. where you're at in that belief with yeah. God, right? In your faith, like we need those heart checks every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our next question is just what has come naturally to you in teaching family worship and discipleship to your kids? So what are some of the things you just naturally excelled in becoming a parent? Um, that's <laughs> good a great, answer. Next question. No. Naturally, I mean, the truth is, I don't know if anything came naturally. Um, I mean, I do feel like as a pastor and going to church every Sunday, we modeled that, you know, Sunday faithfulness, Sunday commitment. You know, in my role in the church, I've always been on stage leading worship, leading mm-hmm. services. So my my kids have seen me in that reality. In, in the business side of it, like in the work yeah, side of it. I was going to say it. that. Do you think they took that more as a job versus a personal conviction like i know you have yeah. it as a personal conviction you had it modeled and yeah i'm assuming your wife does as well but then for your kids it's just been this is daddy's job totally and we worked at it really my wife and i we went through seasons where we were good at it and seasons where we needed to we weren't so good but especially mm-hmm. when the kids are younger we modeled the idea that daddy's going to work during the week and then we're going to church on Sunday. Mm. Um, That's good. And we didn't we didn't say, oh, dad's going to church Monday. Dad's going to church Tuesday. Dad's going to church Thursday. You know, dad's going to church. Dad's why is dad always at church? No, dad goes to work <laughs> Monday. Got a lot. <laughs> you know, dad's going to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Yeah. And then we, as a family, go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And we tried to kind of utilize that language as best as we could to 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 draw the line. And hey, my dad goes to work. Your dad, your mom and dad go to work. You know, my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dad's going to work, right? Uh, I just happen to work at the building where we have church on Sunday. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we tried to communicate that. But, you know, I definitely think I, I there's a, definitely a sense of modeling it. And you're definitely, your kids have an idea of kind of what's happening. And then on, at home, you know, we try to have spiritual conversations when, you know, age-appropriate conversations with our kids and praying mm-hmm. with our kids at nighttime. And, you know, I, I, if, I were, if I were to be, you know, a little bit candid and honest, I don't. I think we probably could have done a better job. I think we mm. could have been a little more intentional. You know, I, I see some parents who are so great at it at their young with these young kids, and they're so intentional. And I look at them, and I'm like, it's amazing. And then I also feel somewhat guilty in the same breath. You know, like shoot, I might have missed that mark. Mm. You know, a little bit. But now that my boys are 14, so I've always been. A, 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 I try to model, like you know. I, 
I've been coaching them and I try to model them in baseball and in life. I try to model that we, you know, how I treat their mother and the conversations we have. And, you know, and now that they're even a little bit older, bringing them into spiritual conversations and engaging Mm -hmm. with them on a spiritual level versus just a, a a father son level, but incorporating more of the spiritual conversation into it. And, uh, it's, it's challenging. It's awkward. It's, it feels like a road bump that you have to kind of work through, you know, it's like a gravel road. That's like drives, you know, but you know, I'm just, I'm trying to keep going on it and as, as, as uncomfortable and awkward as it is, I'm trying to not make it uncomfortable and awkward. I'm trying to make it just like a regular part of normal life. You know, these kind of conversations, uh, are healthy. These are, these are, are, this is a normal conversation to have. Okay. Here's the sidebar question. Yeah. Because you would have had to be at the church building early for Sundays because you were on the worship team. Mm-hmm. How'd you handle that with your family? Did they come early with you? Did they come later? I'm just thinking of like how many parents volunteer. Like we mm-hmm. ask them to mm-hmm. volunteer, but do you split up your family on Sunday or yeah. do you do it together? What did you guys do? So yeah, we, we went through different seasons. So, you know, when the kids were born, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have any Sunday responsibility when the mm-hmm. kids were born. Um, at the church we were at in Hamilton. So we came to church as a family. Okay. Uh, and we had made, and it was a two services and we, uh, my wife and I came to church as a family. And then I think my wife went home with the kids. I helped her get the kids in the car. And then I went home with, I took a ride home after the second service. Right. Um, as the kids got older, um, I would go early cause I had to be here there super early on Sundays. And then my wife would come for one out of the three services that we were doing. So she would just come for one with the kids. So uh, this might sound callous and correct if I'm wrong, but in some ways it's almost like your wife was going to church with the kids and you were very separated from it. From that. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And so it was really actually in this last year, we went to, we went to Christmas Eve, you know, pre COVID (laughs) we went to Christmas Eve together as a family to church and my kids were 14. Uh, and we went, we drove together, we sat together (laughs) We worshiped together. We came home together. And that was probably the first time in my boy's life that they've ever experienced that, that the four of us are going wow. to church as a family together that's and coming crazy. home together. And that's, you know, you know, that is the, that as a pastor, as someone who works for the, the organization of a church or the, you know, th- that's just the tension you have to manage. Right. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's not saying it's good or bad. I don't feel like, you know, in, you know, I don't feel like my kids are missing out on that moment. I feel like, you know, when we were at Central there, my wife was also working for the church for a season there. So we were both involved. And so my kids would go to church one service they'd be mm-hmm. as a kid's ministry. And then the, the youth pastor, the, the kid's pastor actually got them involved in the second service. So they would actually serve in some of the oh, tech yeah. ministry yeah. in the kid's department. So they would attend one service and then serve one service. And, you know, part of me was like, you know, that's how you grow. I mean, I said it on Sunday, right? Like spiritual formation as I give what I have, then I receive what I need. And giving what you have is like, hey, I have I have an hour here because my mom and dad are working. Put me, let me do something, do that, yeah. you know. And it's and and there's a part of spiritual formation that comes in that. And it may seem simple; it's a simple baby step, but it is a step. It's a step totally. in the right direction. Totally. And so, I have great memories of doing that. Like as a kid, like we hmm. that's how I started learning to do tech. Was totally. that my my dad was a board member? He'd go to set up early. My mom was on the worship team. I'm like. I'm here anyways. And so I learned to run the tech system and totally being involved in the church and being around the church and, and just helping it like, I mean, I don't have any bad memories on that as a kid. And we were there a lot, like two morning services, Sunday night service, midweek, like all the time. 
And, but to me, it was like my second home. Like it was a home yeah. away from, it was yeah. where my friends were, my friends were, these were like lifelong friends and I had friends at school, but these were the friends that I really hung out with and connected with. And, yeah. and I wanted to be there. I wanted to be around them, you know? And so it's great. It's yeah. good. There's an intentionality that goes with that too and setting them up in with the opportunity to have build those relationships at the church, right? And have those friendships where they can flourish and be there for one another on Absolutely. a weekly basis or Absolutely. multiple times. <laughs> now, you, you started talking about it a little bit, but what have been some of those main challenges in actually teaching family worship and family mm-hmm. discipleship at home and in the church and just really establishing that as a family? For sure. I think there's two, as we're just talking about, there's just two that just jump on my head. One is the tension of, of the separation of the pastor versus the, the spiritual leader in my home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm trying to be the spiritual leader in my home. I'm trying to be a man of God. I want to lead my family well, but I also don't want to be their pastor. I'm trying, I don't want to be, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I don't want to be the professional side of, yeah. The yeah. Spirit, you know, like I have to be on Sundays sometimes. But I just want to be their dad who's going to lead them spiritually. And sometimes that sounds like the same person, but I don't want, I want them to see it out of a relationship with them, not as a, a pastor of a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying by that? You know that tension? Relationship versus employment. Kind yeah. Of like. And so that tension sometimes, you know, and, and my wife has caught it. She's like, Adam, stop pastoring. I don't need a pastor right now. I just need to be my husband, you know? And I think that tension, you know, yeah. in, in my kids have never said that, like, dad, I don't need a pastor. I want you to be my dad. Like they've never articulated it that way, yeah. but I have felt it sometimes where the, you know, where I'm doing something because I feel like, Hey, you're my kids, you're a pastor's son. You should know this stuff. So I'm going to mm, teach you not because, right. not just because as a dad, I want you to know this. Yeah. Right. But an expectation, but there's an expectation as a pastor's kid, I need you to be this way and certain, you know, and so that's a tension. And then the second is just time. Honestly, life gets so busy and Mm -hmm. you have great intentions of, of having these routines and disciplines and then life happens. Or if you have, if it's, if it's around the breakfast table or if you have prayer before you go to school, then someone sleeps in or someone wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. So something's, and then the grumpiness of it or the personal dynamics shifting, you're like, okay, we won't do it today. And then it's, you just kind of create this rhythm where you miss it, you know, yeah. or if you're doing it around dinner table, Hey, well, we got to run off to a, 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 you know, some kind of an appointment. So we're missing dinner tonight. Therefore that conversation gets missed. And, and so really it's finding times to be commitment to it. And also I've learned it's better to do something short and consistent than have some sort of long drawn out experience yeah. every, Amen. every night. But if we just have a quick touch point, you know, uh, you know, five minutes. So we've been doing the U version Bible app for students, you know, trying so to find good. one of the swerve or switch, you know, from life church, their switch okay, youth group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've been trying to, you know, curate a few ones that I know my kids would connect with, but they're short. They're like little bites, you know, it's like right, one yeah. little thought. It's a scripture point. We talk about it really quick. And then, you know, we have a word of prayer and, you know, there's been seasons where I, I actually just encourage them to pray out loud. Like I just make it uncomfortable for them. I just say, <laughs> Hey, we're all going to pray out loud, you know? And people get so awkward with I know, that. and my no kids, my, my kids barely have, you know, my kids, I think all kids, kids right now struggle with you just having regular conversations with adults, but you know, I'm just, Hey, just, just pray a lot. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just, but I yeah. want you to get a habit of just talking to God and uh, I'm not going to judge or critique or grade. Right. This is just, and so <laughs> that's when you're definitely in like pastor dad, weird blend. I'm going to grade your parents. It happens though. But like, you know what? You get to greet that. Totally. And I think kids yeah. feel that way. I think people feel that way. I, oh, I mean, I've, I've, I've had just with in conversations with adults and Hey, let's have a word of prayer. They're like, Oh, I'm not a pastor. I can't pray out loud. I'm like, it's like 100% you can pray out loud, you know? That's, and so that's, that's why Jesus died. So the pastors didn't have to pray. Out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, there's, there's that. So we do that. That's, that's, there's ebbs and flows of that, but our, our, 
my, I would say my own, you know, discipline in, in pushing through and being consistent with that, but also just time. Yeah. And so we go in ebbs and flows. That's great because that's actually something we've talked about multiple times on the podcast is like the difficulty of practically setting aside consistent time for yeah. family worship and family discipleship, yeah. which yeah, basically exactly what you said. We have to sometimes just craft those little moments, those five minutes, let's read a scripture verse or let's pray together. Let's worship together. Something simple. It doesn't have to be this hour long no. um, period or this day of fasting. It can be yeah. those little And you version is great. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big proponent for you version. Yeah, you really lab. are. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not even getting paid by them or anything, but <laughs> sure, I just love it because point. with what, so here's one thing I have learned with them is that I could set up like a, a group, just a group Bible plan mm. with my boys, right? We yeah. invite them, we do it together as a, a group. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then after every, so they, they read the, the verse or the, the little write-up, they read their verses, and then it, there's a, a, a place, it's basically a, a chat where they can comment. Yeah, we've done that as, as a church. Yeah, and so I do that with my kids. And so even That's though, if, even if we miss a day together reading it together, I encourage them, if, even if we miss a day together, do it on your own and then just engage in the chat. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's, what we're doing with the youth too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just a great thing to do when your kids are old enough to be able to do that, um, to have that ongoing spiritual conversation is just part of, so whenever they do it in a day, they're still doing it, but on their, in their, whatever they feel is the best time for them within yeah. that day. Yeah. And uh, so that's now, again, as I get a little bit older, those are the things I'm leaning into probably a little bit more. Yeah. 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 That's really great. There's a lot of little nuggets in there that i think we can really take practically one don't judge your kids prayer let them <laughs> let them pray let them just have a conversation with god <laughs> don't pastor them necessarily but find that room to be a dad or a mom and to mm-hmm. care for them nurture them in their faith with yeah. the faith that you believe the faith that has changed you yeah. let that do its work in them. absolutely totally yeah. that's great well Nate, final question. do you have any questions no but you got a final one okay i've got one more question I'm excited for this answer because I already know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, there might've been some pre-discussion. Yeah. Pre-discussion for this one, but how did you, or do you teach your kids to read the Bible? Uh, straight up bribery at this point. <laughs> um, we have, um, <laughs> like candy you know, chocolates. No, like money, straight up money. Oh, They're 14. Real bri- bribery. They have, real they, bribery. Have, they have the, they have things they want to buy you know, things they want to do. So listen, I made a deal with them again. And my kids are now 14 turning 15 this summer. So, you know, we're not dealing with like younger kids, but w- I basically told them, I said, um, I, again, I believe in the Bible. We invest as parents, we invest a lot of money in our kids for certain things. And so I said, listen, I believe re- reading the Bible is, is valuable investment. And at that age, I was 14. I never had a good, I had a Bible, but I hardly ever read it. And so I'd say same. So I, how do I teach my kids the Bible? Plus for me, version has revolutionized my Bible reading. I never, I had a hard time reading the Bible every day and streaks are gimmicky. I get they're gimmicky, but they, it was a gimmick that worked on me. Yeah. What is your streak at now? I'm like over 800. That's insane. But, like beautifully <laughs> insane, but insane. And that's every day reading the verse of the day, reading a plan. I don't just open the app and close it. Like it's, it's every day engaging in scripture. And now I've read through the Bible now twice. And this is my third time reading through the Bible. And so Whoa. this is... So good. This, but this is revolutionized because up to even two years ago, like when I before I started this, like I was, I was inconsistent at best, and yeah. so I really, so it's real revolutionized. And so if it revolutionized my prayer life and my discipleship life, then it's gonna, then I know it has an impact on my kids. And so at their age and where they're still formation, I really want to bribe them. So I said, listen, if you can get starting Easter, so we started this a couple like a month ago, 
I said, you know, if you can get 365 day streak in the, for the beating of the Bible, I'll give you $365. The beating of the Bible. Reading. <laughs> the reading. The reading. And the spiritual beating of it a little yeah. bit. But I'll give you $365. And so that gives him incentive. And then I said, but you're, you're probably going to miss one. That's normal. So I'll give you $5 for every perfect week you do. So, cause the U version matches your days, but it right. also gives mm. you perfect weeks. And so if you get, you know, 50 perfect weeks then I'll give you $250. And, uh, and, and I said, listen, there's the rules are you have to read the story. You have to go through the story. So you have to read the, you know, the setup, the prayer, the scripture, you know, read, listen to the person talking, read the little devotional, you know, in your little prayer do the whole at the thing. end, do the whole thing. And then throughout the course of a year, I need you to do 12 plans, Bible plans, mm-hmm. and they can be anyone you choose. And so that's only one a month. Some of them are four days. Some of them are 30 days. Some of them are 365 days. So you choose any plan you want, but there's got to be 12 of them throughout the course of a year. That's the only, and then the rest of it's up to you. And then once in a while, not every day, but once in a while, I'll check in on them. Say, hey, are you still on it? Yep. Well, Well, I mean, Easter was what, two weeks ago? So... Yeah, so they had started just before Easter because we had we had kind of had this conversation just before Easter, but I you kind of used Easter as sort of like the yeah, the, the, the launching the, the launching point. But uh, so every once in a while, once in a while, I'll um, hey, what was the verse of the day today? You know, I, I won't quiz them every day on it, but just once in a while, just to make sure they're still engaged and and then have a little conversation about it. You know, that's good. That's and good. Uh, and so it's been what you know we're again we're only a couple of weeks into this new little bribery, but. Uh, I'm excited for it, and I'm saving up my money. But you know, here's the thing: we spend <laughs> you all save up their money. <laughs> we spend a lot of money on baseball and hockey, things that we think are beneficial to our children, the activities, the opportunities. Yeah. What's three hundred sixty-five dollars over the course of a whole year to engage it, my children into reading God's you word? You know, what it is. It's a dollar a day. It's a dollar a day. It's a dollar a day. And so, Less to me, that's <laughs> that is worth the investment. And for them, fourteen for fourteen-year-olds, three hundred sixty-five bucks. I can get three hundred bucks for, for doing nothing really, Huge. other than just. It takes them literally less than five minutes. Yeah, but you're and, teaching them a discipline and a, a reward from yeah. it, like in, in a good way. Like they're going to reap so much more than just like. I'm thinking of like bucks. if your father father's giving you good gifts, then how good of a gift is like the Lord going to give you? Mm-hmm. And so you're sitting here giving them a a good gift, like a pretty great gift of, of three hundred sixty-five oh, bucks. Gift. Yeah. So if your earthly father's giving you that, how much more For is sure. your heavenly father? Like For that's sure. just fantastic. Yeah. So it's a good thought. Yeah. You know, and we'll see how it pays out. We'll see how, if they stick to it or not, but yeah, if, um, it pays out. if it pays out, how much money I owe, but I mean, it's, it's a worthwhile investment. Awesome. Totally. Well, Adam, thanks for hanging out with us and, uh, for chatting on cue the apology. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Sweet. So I'm Nate. I'm Gavin. That was Adam. I'm Adam. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.